Hello guys, this is Shreya on Instagram as Shreya.LifeCoach and I am here to have authentic collaborative discussions on life and society topics, hoping the seeds of this conversation continue in your life and create a change. So let's begin. Hey guys, today we are going to talk about how to become your own person whether that means getting out of a codependent relationship or just finding things in yourself that you never really knew and becoming your best company. And to talk about this, we have Luanne D'Souza. She is a content creator who talks about body positivity. She is an animal lover. And she recently took a solo trip by living her own story, influenced a lot of other people to do the same. She is a Dubai kid with an Indian heritage and Indian culture. Just like me, she's a third culture kid who's a bit of everything and still trying to find really who she is amongst all of the influences she's had. So welcome on this podcast, Luan. Thank you for having me. Are you excited? <laughs> yeah, I'm a little nervous just because I hope I bring some value to this conversation. <laughs> Obviously you are. One of the reasons I reached out is because I saw your post where you went solo traveling in COVID times and <laughs> you, you just have these brilliant pictures, you know, just talking about coming into your own and how you actually found yourself after many, many years. So do you want to share a little bit about what led yeah. you there? So I didn't expect the trip to be something that would be life-changing but when I came back all I could talk about with my close friends was that I had like a shift in my perspective and most of it was that I'm doing great actually I went in because I really needed a vacation regardless of whether people were going to join me or not I said I'm leaving I'm going for one week if I stay here for a birthday like my last birthday by the way was in lockdown so I was hell-bent on actually celebrating my birthday and doing something that I would be excited about. And yeah, just I, I did ask a few friends. No one's schedule could, you know, align. People had other trips or actually some friends were just not really keen on traveling because of COVID. So I was just like, no, when you tell me not to do something, because some of my friends were just like, don't do it. I'm the person who will most likely do it because that's kind of like my motivation now. Like you told me not to do it. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. So yeah, I don't know a bad thing, but it works in my favor sometimes. So I booked a trip anyway. I was nervous. And I, I think my biggest concern was what if I get bored of myself? Like, am I actually going to have fun? But no, like I enjoyed myself so much on the few things that I did alone. I think the first two days I was alone I was traveling about alone with a tour guide and you know I'd come home and I'd like have dinner in my room and drink a glass of wine but I really did enjoy that alone time and then I ended up just making friends the next day and from then onwards it was just like I was in this group I was in that group and it was really nice because I think if I was traveling with friends I wouldn't be as social possibly I don't know if this is a dividing but you know you have preconceived notions of like what people are so I remember like there was like this one person who I was just like, no, like just like a very bro person, but actually got to talking to him. And he is so lovely. Like mm -hmm. such a lovely person that like we spent the entire boat trip chatting and things like that. So it was really nice to push those boundaries where, okay, maybe I'm being too judgmental. Like actually everyone is super nice and I don't have to go by 
just like Dubai cliches that we have here. And I'm like, okay, that's actually a very negative thing. So when I was traveling, it was like, that was one thing that I learned. Like, okay, it's like, you don't just have to stick to your comfort zone, talk to, you know, people all over. And everyone was so nice. Honestly, that was lovely. I'm sure part of it is just a vacation effect, but still. Like nothing to be nervous about. I was stressed out for nothing because everything was just positive. Like, and you know, I went to a place where a lot of people are concerned about safety, right? Like you're going to Zanzibar, like, Honestly, it reminded me so much of Goa. No, it was great. It was really safe. And just, so a lot of the times, like when I wasn't doing something, like some adventure or the other, even though that sounds way more exciting. But during my alone time, I would just chill on the beach, you know, or at the end of like a long trip or like we'd have dinner with a group of friends and like chill all night. And then I'd go back to my room and I still needed alone time, which I thought was very interesting. On some nights I was like, no, but I need to be alone for a little bit. Like I was actually craving that. And it was so unexpected, but really like I would have moments where I'd be, I don't know, like I went to a conservation center by myself and this was kind of like my treat to myself, like my birthday treat, like this is what you're going to do. Like, you know, it was like the best day of my life because I got to like interact with all these animals. That's just, that's my like life highlight. You know, I was, I was just so happy that day and I did it all by myself and I was talking to like other guests around me and stuff. So I didn't feel alone. But I did have this moment where I was like, I'm so freaking happy. And just like, you know, I didn't need anybody to do this. I did this all by myself. And I don't know, it was just like, I couldn't believe it. And I don't know, I think I was sitting on the beach and I was like, Lou, like your life is so good and you're so happy. You don't really have this void of like, oh, something's missing or I need like a person to like complete me. And you know, all that other crap that I told constantly. It's just, I'm good if I could do this for the rest of my life. Like this point right now where... I'm actually super happy in almost like all areas of my life. I would like to make more money. Yes, but who doesn't? But other than that, if like the rest of my life could just be like this and I get to travel a lot, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. I've not had that before. I've always felt like, what's next? You know, so when I did break up from my relationship, it was kind of like rock bottom. I was unemployed, newly single after nine years <laughs> with four pets. And just honestly, just like broke and like struggling. It was the first time in my life that I had to ask my parents for help. It was so stressful. It was a point where, honestly, I didn't have money for food. I was living on like bread and like bread and like butter. I remember my mom would give me food like on the weekends. It was really such a struggle. And for me, my goal was always to just make it like be financially stable, be financially secure. I remember I didn't have like money to like travel. and I'd look at everyone else's lives and be like, what? And this was in the relationship. It was a really like strainful relationship financially as well as emotionally. So breaking free from that was kind of my goal. And I reached a point where I was like financially stable a while ago, but I wasn't even like living that. I was still living in that scarcity mentality. So it's taken a while for me to get out of that as well. But then I feel like the solo trip alone was like peak where I was like, you've done all of those things like you upgraded your life you are financially stable you bought a car you have the apartment that you love you basically it's like nothing's lacking and then you have all of those things and then in your in the back of your head you're still thinking that what's lacking is like a relationship because you know the end goal for every woman is supposed to be there will be a girl who's like really got like a high paying job and she's actually successful and everything like yeah like even in my culture, like even when there are women who are like super successful, they have like high paying jobs, you know, they're supporting their family. 
their parents are on their visa and they're paying most of the rent and stuff, the end line will still be like, yeah, but she's still single. So I part of it is from like culture and then everything we see everywhere. It's always, it always seems like you're like as a woman, like your definition is the relationship, right? It's not, uh, oh, you've done all of this, but she's still single. <laughs> I think so much of that was playing on my head where I think I was even talking to a friend of mine about this. Do we actually want those things or do we want those things because we think we want them? So on that solo trip, the perspective was just like, I'm happy. Like, I'm happy. And I'm like, I'm alone and I'm happy. And like, I don't really feel this need to like chase or seek anything. Like I'm genuinely happy and I'm doing good and I can do this for the rest of my life. And I think that was just so liberating. Really, like it really did feel like, a, it sounds so cheesy, I know, but I really did feel like I found like this kind of like freedom, like, yeah, I don't need to chase anything. I'm really good and I trust the universe and what comes will come. And that's good. Like, yeah, I hope that doesn't sound too corny, but that's just really what happened to me. I came back just happier and like with a different perspective. Well, first things first, please share your itinerary with me because I'm getting on a flight (laughs) (laughs) right after this call ends. I started solo traveling when I uh, reached the bottom row of my life as well. And that was, it was in a way for me to get control over my life and to feel like this is one thing I can do without anyone else telling me otherwise, you know, it'll be on my terms. And um, it just, it it freed me. It's exactly the way you described it because I went in being really nervous and then I slowly found myself and I was like, oh, wow, I can have dinner all by myself. I yeah. enjoy my own company. I don't need to talk to someone because I feel like in general, I'm a giver. So especially a giver of energy. So I'm constantly performing in front of people. And this is the first time I noticed that. I was like, why, why am I so extra in front of people? Because my true essence is I wouldn't mind like sitting on a table and just listening. But I constantly yeah. feel like I have to contribute. So this was the first time I actually noticed that and I was like you know what I actually am happy just reading my book and eating a croissant all day I haven't seen anything and I'm happy about it um so yeah that that aspect of what you described really uh, stands true well but, but you also spoke about a lot of other things so if you allow me I'm gonna sure. ask you a few questions about a few things so sure. you know you know you spoke about how just being um, Dubai kids when we talk about you know uh, the judgments that come out of our comfort zone I think it talks about I feel this is like a universal concept that everyone will understand that we believe our world and our way of thinking is the only way of thinking and so it, it does prevent us from actually gaining a larger picture right and this can be anything from like countries that are at war to the way we view the education system to the way we view like women's rights I feel like our view of things is from where we stand and what we've experienced and does that really change unless you consciously want to change that yeah I think you're right where our perspectives are usually developed from our own life experiences but I also feel like because of social media being this huge giant overload that hangs over us every day I think that kind of skews the perspective a little bit 
this is what I've seen as someone who does this as a day job as well. It's very easy for people to change opinion and just ride that wagon while it's trending. So yeah, I, I don't know if it's always just life experiences. Maybe people join on the trend because it resonates with them. But I feel for a huge part, social media kind of influences everyone's behavior. But I do think you're right, where you need kind of a certain level of self-awareness to change your opinion, right? So for instance, me being like this Indian fat girl who is, but I'm not like this insecure little shy thing. Like, you know, honestly, yeah, I just have one life. You want me to feel bad about like not being a size six and not being, you know, like conventionally attractive and all that crap. No, I'm not going to do that. And I still meet a lot of girls who, for some reason, like, I don't understand because they follow me, but they'll still do stuff where they talk like a lot of negative self-talk and they're like, you're so brave. I'm like, why am I brave? Like, I'm, like firefighters are brave or like people who climb Kilimanjaro are brave. Like, what is brave about just being yourself? It really annoys me, actually. Or for instance, like I've taken up running and like I do yoga and Honestly, the reason why I started those things and I stick to them so religiously is because it has such a huge impact on my mental health. And it was something that I started to do for myself because um, work takes over, life takes over. And I really was struggling to find alone time. And I don't think sitting on the couch and zombing out to Netflix is like quantified <laughs> alone time, right? It's not of value. So I wanted to do something positive where it's really hard to focus on all the other like crap going on in your world when you're running and trying to like keep pace and like measure your breath so that you can keep running or on yoga when you're like trying to keep your balance and stuff you know it's amazing but a lot of the times every time I share like when I'm document like a yoga class or anything to do with running or exercise a lot of the messaging is like keep it up you're so inspiring or it's it's attached to like weight loss there's no other reasoning why it could be doing those things like no I want to lose weight and things like that really frustrate me because I understand where it's coming from. The intention is good. And it's a lot of cultural stuff that we're raised with where you're the fat girl, you automatically will want to lose weight. That's it. And it's just like, but I'm not like that. Like, I'm not like that. I'm very happy in the body that I have. And like the whole exercise thing changed my perspective on my body because instead of what it looks like now, I'm really changing like the opinion of like oh look what it does for me like I'm a runner now like I don't look like a runner but I'm a runner like I can do a 5k um I'm doing yoga like I didn't know my body had the capacity to like you know hold myself up and things like that so yeah it's I really think it takes like awareness but I don't know I don't know how people get there it'd be nice to hear a different perspective on this because I know how I got there and it's a certain level of privilege where I'm on the internet a lot I was exposed to a lot of different conversations from like American like body positive activists to French plus size fashion influencers and stuff but uh, I really wonder how that perspective changed so much and how mine is so different from a lot of the people I know and I would love to like whatever the tool is to change that I would love to like spread it about because sometimes it really feels like I'm alone in this whole body positive and love yourself thing because I'm surrounded by so much negative self-talk almost on a daily basis and it's not just like fat girls it's every single woman like I'm eating a salad yeah I have to lose weight or yeah something or the other yeah I really identify with you know you said you feel alone and I feel like the people who are at the forefront of making change or 
shifting gear on anything. So I do resonate with uh, what you said that you feel alone. And sometimes when you are creating change for yourself, you are at the front of a change in society or, or, or just the first person in your surroundings talking about a certain reality, right? And that can feel really alone until you find other people who are doing the same. And I think the universe has this brilliant way of connecting you when the, the more your awareness grows, the more you're connected with people who are also doing similar things as you. And yeah. I feel, um, so you asked like, how how did you get on this path, right? And I, I actually don't have the answer to it as well, but I do know that I consciously, uh, purposely follow people whose stories are different than mine. Like I follow people who are talking about, uh, you know, how they struggled in being uh, truly queer or transgender or uh, even like being a seven figure business owner, which I'm clearly not. But I, I love following people with different stories because I feel if if you don't do that, you can get even on social media, you can get very stuck in the same kind of circle of consuming information that's comfortable for you and you don't really see perspectives that are different from yours so like in the past year i feel like the more i find myself the smaller my friend circle becomes which is very interesting it's not something that i expected so i've always I don't know, even when I was a teenager all through university, I always got labeled different. So I already knew that was something like my perspectives were always different. My sense of style was always different. Fine. But you would think that like as you're like online so much, you would feel more a part of something, right? And not more excluded. But I think just within the circles that I travel and stuff, I just I I just feel like I'm different, fine. I don't know, actually. This is something I struggle with because my perspectives changed a lot just with COVID. So, you know, um, I think the solo trip was kind of a result of COVID where we kind of were forced into lockdowns, right? And you had to force yourself to be alone. There was no distraction from whatever you were trying to disassociate from. So you could be super busy with work and then have a super busy social weekend. And you're not really forced to confront what you're going through, right? Very easy to disassociate from our lives. So I think because of COVID, I was kind of forced to be alone, no distractions. I realized that I actually really like my own company and that I'm actually super independent. Like I'm very resilient. I knew I was like a strong person, but I was just like, oh, wow, I don't need anybody, you know? And some of my friends are just like, no, that's not how it works. Like everyone needs someone. I'm like, no, but I was good. Like, I, I know a lot of people, like, honestly, I didn't, I didn't handle, like, the lockdown thing so bad. My biggest concern was my dog, but I wasn't, maybe because I was still super busy with work, I didn't have, like, depression or, like, you know, like, I wasn't losing my mind. I was pretty okay. Of course, I was so happy, like, when it ended. But for me, it was, like, such a big learning lesson where I was like, oh, wow, like, I, I'm good, like, because I think maybe when I was a kid, I'm an only child, by the way, I was, like, a loner kid because I didn't have any siblings or anything. And then my parents were at work all day. And I think that loner kid came back somehow where I went from, I am also the giver, by the way. So my form of giving is just always taking care of everyone else before I take care of myself, if I even take care of myself. And I realized that it was more of me 
doing that to feel needed because feeling needed is more validating right so I was always that person who would like always have plans always go out to meet people and even hanging out with people who I didn't necessarily align with but it was something to do or a best friend needed that or this like it was always all over the place and always there for everyone but not necessarily there for myself and then you couldn't do all of that in COVID and it was actually quite nice it was like a vacation (laughs) so coming out of it and then I also had like a big life moment I still can't talk about it without like tearing up but my grandmother passed away and that was like huge that was kind of the thing that kick-started everything change without having given it that thought and you had a therapist you were working with uh, and I feel that's that's so important I'm specifically highlighting it in this conversation because there is there is still a stigma and fear in approaching mental health workers and it's okay it, it doesn't matter who you can go to a healer you can go to a therapist go to a coach but it's okay to admit that you need support when you're going through something difficult in your life I was in those relationships and when I talk about it on social media people people often just call me brave they're like we could never do what you're doing but the truth is you can and if me talking about my story makes you feel even 10% less lonely on your journey, then I've done my job. So just, I think there is, the bravery isn't in what you've experienced, but it's, it's very brave for you to be authentic and be real and talk about what you have experienced because it isn't easy. And, and it's not meant to be easy, but, but by just talking about it and, and bearing your heart to the world, it gives someone else the chance to do that as well. Okay, I never thought of it from that perspective because my issue with bravery as a title is just that these are things that I think should be normalized. So the fact that you're talking about it, I think people shouldn't be calling you brave. It should be normal to talk about it and we should be supportive and talking about it even more to help other people in similar situations get out of them or help people who might fall into those situations avoid them, right? So I feel like a lot of, so especially with relationships, a lot of the things that now we know qualifies as emotional abuse is kind of glorified in like movies, TV shows, and our like personal relationship examples. Like you're taught to suffer. You're taught to compromise. You're taught that love is meant to hurt you. And this, yeah, like, I don't know, like I have a very... I don't like thinking about my last relationship, but sometimes when I think about it and I'm like, was that emotional abuse? Like, I don't really, and you don't even want that title, right? You don't want to think of yourself as a victim. You don't want to go down that path. So for me, it's like, even when I talk about just, okay, like I'm having like a really bad body image day, or I'll talk about these things that my mom said to me when I was a kid that still run. Like when I meet a guy and he likes me, the first thing is I hear I hear my mom's voice saying, but he doesn't mind that you're fat. Like literally like, so when I talk about those things, I don't want to be called brave for it. I want other people to be like, it's normal. Like normalize being so vocal about how a lot of the people around us aren't necessarily perfect, including our parents. And some of our relationships are sometimes the sources of a lot of our insecurities and trauma and stuff. And we shouldn't be called brave for it. It should be completely normal because that's the only way like we progress. We're 
you're scared of becoming darker because darker equals less pretty and it's so stupid and trivial when you think about it because hi we're in 2021 like have you seen half of the supermodels and like the influencers who are making it like it's not a skin color issue at all but I don't know yeah so yeah the conditioning and girls that we're raised with become quite real in our mind and it might seem really trivial from the outside but it's not when we are replaying that stuff constantly and I think there's a lot of so I want to uh, talk about why I consider it brave because I think the word brave needs to be redefined the way we define bravery is of this macho, toxic, constantly positive, very physically active. Like we talk about bravery in a very skewed way. So it's only someone who is acting like a robot and has no emotions and has no backfalls who is considered brave. So I started therapy because honestly, I was just sick of repeating the same patterns I had when it came to like my love life. That's where it stemmed from. That was the initial thing not knowing that so much of that was linked to like my childhood and so like yeah it was really enlightening but that was the main root of it and whenever I would talk to other people first of all maybe I had one friend who was in therapy that's it the rest of them no some of my friends even said stuff like oh that's bullshit it's just nonsense like just like what are you talking about like how can you be so dismissive of something that has helped so many people and it's around for a reason. Like we've heard so many success stories that people are changing their lives with the help of therapy. And at the end of the day, if you can take working out so seriously, why can't you take like actually taking care of your mental health as seriously? Like, I don't understand. They're both correlated as well. So there's definitely stigma. There's definitely people who just, I think, don't understand the concept of therapy as well. Like, so I was, I was really like happy that some of my friends because of hearing so much positive talk about therapy from me, decided to take up therapy for themselves. Like, I was just like, I'm like, I reached a place where I'm very comfortable and I have a good relationship with my friends, but it took a lot of work with my therapist and it was uncomfortable. Like there was a lot of crying and stuff and I had no idea. And I was like, I just thought I was fixing my love life here. Like, what the hell? Like, it was such a scary journey. So I understand why it would make people uncomfortable, but I think like so many people, I don't know, maybe it's just my circle or my like social feed. But a lot of people talk about therapy, especially Americans, where it's completely normalized, right? So you've seen people who are actually like enjoying it. Wouldn't that make you curious to see what's on the other side? That's what it was for me. Like, I was like, am I the only one not in therapy? Like, it seems like everyone, like everyone who's a millennial is in therapy now. And clearly it's doing something for our mental health. We're taking care of our mental health just as much as like our physical health. So I don't know. I'm still very confused by this perspective, especially when someone is so dismissive of therapy and mental health. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't know. I guess part of it is accepting that people are at different levels in their life. So I left when I was, yeah, I think I started dating him when I was 22. And then I left him when I was 31. So that was a huge chunk of my life, honestly. And it's only after I left that I actually had to build myself up to be alone, as simple as changing the cat's litter tray to what the the relationship was so codependent to the point that he would tie my shoelaces for me when I asked him to. Like, it sounds like such a small like gesture, but he took care of me like every, every, in every possible way, which is great. 
And I know that now when I think about it, the way I was raised was to be like a super independent child. And my parents were great, but a lot of the time I was alone, right? And I had to like take care of myself. And then I was just also raised to be super independent and we're not the most demonstrative family. And so basically what I was seeking was what I thought like I didn't get, right? And in a lot of ways, when I think about it, I was also seeking freedom from like my family. Like while we had all that going on, it was also, it wasn't, I, it wasn't in the most like free environment, right? You're still a girl. You have to come home at this time. Don't do that. Don't do this. Like I, and I'm someone who really likes, I'm that loner, independent person. You raise me to be independent, but you don't want me to be independent. But like very confusing, but I needed to get out. And then I realized that in my I've been in like two serious long relationships. I was a serial monogamist. I went from like the, my high school sweetheart to like, oh no, I want to live my life. I left him. And then I went in on a relationship for nine years. Like, doesn't make sense. But I realized that I was actually seeking freedom through my relationships because they were kind of like your gateway to have fun, to, to move out from my parents' place. I moved out and like, just, I got to do things that I wouldn't be able to do like, through him, through this person who was taking care of me and like opened this whole different world to me. And I only recently realized that and I think it's kind of interesting. And I really like that reasoning because where I am now, I find the freedom with myself. Again, it sounds so corny, but what I was seeking so much in relationships was kind of freedom and love and all of those things. And I'm like, oh, wow, look at you giving those things to yourself. You feel like to the point where I have freedom and I don't I don't want a relationship because I'm just like, will that affect like my freedom and my ability to do whatever the whatever I want now? But so the past relationship was very codependent. And towards the end, I realized that a lot of the reasons why I was staying was no one else is going to want me. The other thing was like, no one else is going to want me. I don't want to be alone. I can't do like any of this alone. Like, yeah, it was just so, it wasn't like, oh, out of love, or I'm so happy. It was all the wrong reasons, honestly. And it was a lot of like low self-esteem, just so much self-doubt, so much unhappiness. And to be honest, the only reason I left is because I just, I felt like I was going crazy. And I thought I was, I just thought this was just going to go worse and worse. I really had to leave because leaving was the easier thing to do than staying in the relationship at that point it got so bad and it was definitely not easy and again I'm so lucky to have like a strong support system where two of my best friends really showed up for me one of them is she's still my best friend and I call her my rock because while I was in the relationship I wasn't super close to her but it's she really is the person who helped me like I needed financial help to get an apartment and she was there I've had a breakdown maybe in my life three times now and all three times she's been the person I've called because I can't I'm not even I'm not even the person who is like raised to like ask for help like you have to be so deserving and independent so even asking for help is like something that I had to learn over the years that it's okay to ask for help it's okay to like yeah, I was literally raised to like never ask for things. Like, so in a relationship, I would not ask for what I wanted. I would be happy and with what I got, settle for whatever I got because I thought this is love and this is normal. So it was, it wasn't healthy. We were good when we were good and people change. My biggest takeaway is that people change and grow. And then I can't like, I went through my entire 20s like that where I honestly I changed as a person and I just couldn't do it anymore. He changed as a person and his goals changed. And with the codependency was definitely 
something that I really had to like be real with myself where I'm just as responsible. There are things where I could have, I just, you know, lean back and be like, yeah, let, let someone else take control of my life. It's fine. And I thought it was normal. He made a lot of big decisions that affected both our lives. And I was like, yeah, that's normal. It's okay. It's like, no, I shouldn't have been doing all of those things. Like, I didn't even know like how I could talk to myself like that before. But those were all the reasons I was staying versus, hey, this is not okay. You need to get out. You need to, this is not acceptable. So I really wish I had listened to myself. It's not even to other people. Yeah, there were some friends who were like, hey, what he's doing is not okay. But you don't really, when it comes to like love and relationships, you don't really listen to everyone. You kind of think like you're following your heart. Honestly, I wish I had listened to my intuition. Yeah. Something I'm still working on now. That really skews up the power dynamic in the relationship. But that's the that's how they generally work at the moment, right? Like they I agree with you, it's definitely our older generation saying that. But a lot of us younger generation people still follow that, right? It's what we were taught, which is why we have to relearn. And the first thing in relearning it is um, going on a solo trip, picking up a book, just being your own best friend, so what your needs are. Exactly. You if you don't ask for your needs, how do you expect them to be met? You don't know yourself. I, I try to like apply this for people who I think, so I mean a lot of how you say you attract certain people. The type of man that I attract, okay, fine. They're, they're all varied, but the ones who I consistently like have a similar pattern. And it's, it's kind of like very eye-opening to me. And I'm like, so do I attract this for a reason? And the reason why I was like, I don't agree with the whole attracting because I don't know if we necessarily attract the people in our lives or we accept them. What I mean? So we attract all types of people, but we only accept a certain few and the ones who feel comfortable with us. And I think the reason why some of them feel comfortable with us, at least what I acknowledge, is that they feel comfortable because it's repeating a similar pattern. Yeah. childhood or a past relationship so when I get the guy who is like hot and cold like he's into me first but then he's not and then it's confusing and then it's mixed messages but I'm accepting that guy because this is what I know like this is what I'm familiar with I'm not familiar with the guy who is like I really like you and I want to be with you and is emotionally open you put that with me and I'm just like I'm running away like I'm like what the hell is this freak that's actually a lot of work and I'm like that as well when someone just comes at me with all of their uh, so I always felt like I'm the giver which I am but love requires you to be open to receiving as well when we receive we have the ability to say no and I think that's something we forget which makes receiving unsafe so how much we receive is still our choice and that we often forget right in our codependent relationships so when, when we take in love, we feel like it comes with conditions. Yes. And we forget that we have the ability to say, I refuse to take in these conditions. I think that would stem back to just giving up control then, right? Like you really feel like you might not be in control because here's this person who is there for you and taking care of you. It's going to be very difficult to say no to that person. And it means giving up some level of control, which honestly sounds terrifying. Yeah. Okay. So you did you did a little therapy work for me right there. I, I didn't about that before. A lot of it control, letting someone in and being open to receive it's control. And I have issues with control. Like, yeah. Okay. 
good to know yeah yeah this has been such an amazing chat right i have done this new thing so it can be anyone it can be friends it can be colleagues it can be social acquaintances it can be friends or friends and i've started doing this thing where i categorize relationships for exactly what they are so i don't clump everyone into this label of friend i will actually say no this person is my colleague this is my neighbor this is a friend of a friend this is somebody who i met at my dance class and by doing that i think i become more real about my expectations too and i realize okay this is someone who's in my third or fourth circle and like meeting this person in our common interest is enough and i share my energy there and i receive it there and that's it i don't expect anything more but i also if in that energy space like where we're meant to share if i don't receive what i'm supposed to then i'm okay moving to a, another space where i do receive and and just by doing that just by allowing myself to categorize people rightly i think i've taken back a lot of my power and just said like i don't have free like my free time is best used spending time with myself and so i'm not always free if i don't have plans i i still have plans with myself so you need to deserve my time and you need to earn that place in my life to for me to spare that energy for you that's so great like the classification like some people are friends some people are acquaintances you need to have boundaries for different levels of categories of people in your life and i really like that um you need time for other people you need to make time but i read this quote where it was like normalize not saying you're doing anything like you're doing nothing normalize saying you're resting because resting time is actually super important and it's time that you're taking away from yourself so not everyone is worthy of that because that energy you could be applying to yourself someone could come to me say just walk all over it and that's not worth it like a particular weekend i drop i was like what i'm going to stay at home and i'm going to relax and i'm going to rest it's been such a like rough week or month but instead something unexpected happened and i dropped everything for a friend and spent the whole day there taking care of this person and being there for them which resulted in me having like an emotional breakdown the next day and i was just like wow like even i don't even think like those things were possible but i neglected myself and what happened was the next day was like it's just accumulated and i couldn't stop crying for like an entire day I was lucky to have like the same best friend come and pick me up from like the supermarket crying in like the chips mall the chips aisle like can you please come pick me up I'm here standing here and I can't stop crying and I don't know what to do like the tears wouldn't stop thank god for face masks like it was just like so they had to come rescue me and I was like this is what happens like you put someone else before yourself and you just basically this was time this it was not you weren't doing anything that weekend it didn't mean that you had like free time you were actually trying to like rest recuperate this be with yourself yeah and i don't think we think that way right we think we're doing nothing and we see nothing as a bad thing like no i should be out like at a brunch i should be like shopping i should be doing something like you should be something worthy of putting on social media to show that you're living your best life well actually you resting and like spending time with yourself is also living your best life because it means you're not afraid to be alone and be with yourself because that's like the healing stage of your life you're actually that good and if you cannot be alone with yourself that's a red flag and you should be working on it that's my perspective anyway it it took a while for me to get that but like now i can acknowledge like today i have no plans i'm chilling at home i might go out for dinner but i kept it that way i could have like oh i could do this you want to do this 
I could have even like booked a massage or something, but I was like, nope, you're sitting at home with yourself. You are resting. You're going to like listen to music, read, whatever, because that every weekend something or the other comes up. And then, so I was like, yeah, rest. We really don't have that value for it as much as, I don't know, anyone else. Like you would think like COVID, we'd be better at it, but no, I think we're still, and I come from an agency background, by the way. <laughs> so agency life is like, what is rest? No, like go, 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 go. And I've become even more aware of it, especially like with COVID where the world is like going up in flames and we're still not allowed to rest. We're still supposed to be like hustling, living our best lives. And I made this much money this year and I bought this bag. And it's just like, you guys, like, but I, I really feel if so COVID has bought us a lot of information and it's bought this transition and shift in our life. If we do not take time now, then when? If we do not take that sick leave or that space or like take all the holidays or ask for, you know, a work from home, if not now, then when? And that's just the question uh, I'm going to leave it at. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nu, for joining us. And I really hope people enjoy listening to it as much as I've enjoyed chatting. Hope I said something of, uh, like, I imparted some wisdom and I wasn't just rambling on and on. Thank you so much. Thank you.